The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash midwestpodnet and support us for as little as a dollar a month. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John, and here with me today are Brian and Alex. Hello. This episode, we have a handful of game news before we jump into our review of Days Gone. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K and Gojo for their contributions. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates, so feel free to give us your free uh, Amazon Prime Twitch subscription that you get once a month. Uh, don't forget to do it every month or else we won't get the money. So you kind of have to re-sign up if uh, if you don't mind. That would be awesome because some of you probably don't even know you have that. And uh, you can just give us free money. True. So it helps us. If you and need, if you need no help, cost to you. If, if you need help figuring that out, hit us up. We will help you. We'll walk you through it. Uh, Alex, any bumpers for the uh, network? Yeah. So um, Horror Movie Yearbook, they're talking about Darkman on their upcoming episode, the Sam Raimi film starring Liam Neeson, so check that out. I think they're going to take that opportunity to talk about some superhero stuff as well. And uh, there are rumblings that there may be a recording of a new film nerds at some point in the future uh, regarding Avengers and the Ah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, But we also have some other irons in the fire for maybe some Why did the movie come out? No, no. It's not like the biggest <clears throat> domestic opening ever. Can you guys revisit happened. Avatar? No. Okay. Can maybe maybe when Avatar 2 comes out, we'll circle back around and try that out again. Avatar 2, the search for Papyrus, the fun. The search for more money. If you do a cinematic universe kind of thing, is it going to be spoiler-free for the first half like usual? Absolutely not. Okay, I guess I can't listen. <laughs> I think the, the plan is probably to talk... We're, we're hoping to talk about pretty much everything in the cinematic universe and probably just unleash on, on game spoilers as well. So, uh, but whatever we end up doing, we'll let people know at the top of the episode and you should give it a listen if you're up to date on Marvel movies. So we're cool. Keep an eye out on the film nerds feed. There might be some, some activity coming. Okay, cool. What, uh, Brian, what have you been playing? Um, I don't know, but why did you diss Mortal Kombat 11 in your intro? You're like, oh, we're going to review Days Gone. You said nothing about Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> oh, because I didn't even think we were talking about that. <laughs> well, it's in the title. Yeah, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah, okay. So even Mortal- though I haven't whatever. played it either, but I was just wondering. I also don't care about Mortal Kombat <laughs> games. Plus, I heard this one costs like $10,000 or something to get all of the DLC, uh, like all of the little yeah, shit. You can't, you can't even. No, that's not. That was fully debunked. The that views was, of John somebody, Moret- <laughs> somebody tweeted that out, and it got carried across the internet and yeah but that's totally false i believe it <laughs> you can't even purchase everything that's in the crypt so that's not possible there's only like other 
Like, there's only a few cosmetics that are purchasable in the first place. I mean, I guess you can pay people in China to use your account to farm that stuff. I, I'm just throwing this that out there. That might get really expensive. Again, I would much rather just pay more money outright for a game than have to, like, do all this microtransaction nonsense. It only took somebody about a week to unlock the entire crypt without using any microtransactions. But how much time did he actually, he or she actually spend They playing? actually didn't sleep. I think, I think it was, like, 40 hours. He played from a toilet. So like a standard, it's shorter than days gone. I mean, if you apparently. really love Mortal Kombat, like maybe, but that's we'll, okay. We'll talk about that yeah. a bit later. Okay, anyway, well, I have well some we've been playing. Um, I played. I played a lot of Forza Horizon Four again because I was in the mood for racing, um, but I don't really have much to report on that. It was fun. I finished a lot of races I hadn't done. Yeah. Um, did some co-op racing, which is cool. Made some cars really stupid fast that shouldn't be like an 86 Escort. <laughs> did they uh, Did they put the floss emote back in the game yet? Or I'm not sure. Okay. I, oh, I scored some really baller clothing. That's good. There's emotes in Forza? Like a yeah. unicorn bomber. What? Yeah, because yeah. you make it like this is you the have first a, one where you have your a... drive avatar actually has an avatar now. Okay, and and one of the things <clears throat> then you, you can, can get... get out of the car, you, there's it like it shows photo you op. like in front of your car in between oh, races. Oh, okay. So like when you win or whatever, you're doing an emote like you would be in like yeah, COD yeah. or I something. Gotcha. And uh, you can also pick clothing items. Everybody, it seems to be a general rule that everybody makes their character look as ridiculous as possible. Yeah. Of course. Like, mine has a... Like, you shouldn't look like a performance driver. You should look like some 400-pound neckbeard with, like, you know, I don't, Cheeto well, dust on your Well, you can't chest. really edit your character that much. There's a bunch of presets, and I don't even think so there's a bearded one. So it's mostly one. just clothing that you can alter? Yeah, the clothing, there's a, the so clothing ro make, rolls deep, though. There's I can't like make a lot. an obscenely overweight person that no. drives a race car uh -uh. faster than everybody no. else? Plus, it'd make your car go slower. But does it? Like, can you does does like your actual character weight have any bearing on the no, speed of the car? Because yeah, they so. they all weigh the same in the the world of Forza Horizon. In the ideal world of Forza, yeah. So then I would make the largest character I possibly could and make him drive the smallest cars that I they possibly have. Could. Some of the small, like, like shoulders. They have the, the smallest yeah. production cars ever made in the game. I'm pretty sure. Like, so, have you ever seen those three wheel cars? Yeah, yeah. Those like, what are they? The, There's the a, aerial atoms and things like that. No, smaller than that. Oh. Way smaller. I'm talking like from the. I don't know. I don't know when they're from. Like they're old, um, and you can barely fit one person in. There's only one door, and it's in the back. You like climb in and you, and the windshield's just right in front yeah, of you. Isn't that Same. the car that they had like on top of the sign at like Luna, like across? No, from? no, that was no, uh, that was like a VW. That was, no, that was an Izetta. Oh, is that it was okay, a Izetta. it was a BMW Izetta, the okay. front door car that Steve Urkel used to drive okay. in the Family Matters. All right, yeah. well, that's one of the smaller yeah, yeah. ones. Oh, yeah, that is like the smallest car in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's in the game. It's a, that's right, it's a front door. Sorry, so John just wants to put the Hulk or uh, yeah, Mr. I, Incredible I want, inside. Of... I want the largest person possible <laughs> in the smallest car. So, so when you see him in that intro screen going into or coming out of a race, you're like, how does he even get in the car? Like. <laughs> I will tell you those drive like garbage Did you, in the game. Oh. Probably in real life too. I was yeah. gonna say you I know you hate Marvel things, everything Marvel, but um in into the Spider Verse, uh Kingpin's in the movie. But the way he's animated, 
like he he comes out of a car. It's it's exactly what you're describing right now. Like the kingpin is basically like this large box that's like that yeah, yeah. big, and he just comes out of a car, but you don't ever see him get out of the car. He's basically a walking Tetris cube. Basically, like, yeah. yes, he's gigantic, and it's the fun. Like and when Nick and I saw it, we were just laughing the entire time because of how funny kingpin looks as he comes out. I of just it. want to clear up. I don't hate. I don't hate. It's everything okay. We Marvel. know you don't like Marvel at all. I'm like, just, you wish Marvel I'm, didn't exist. I'm so overwhelmed that I. <laughs> just don't care anymore that's fine we don't need to talk about it anymore. i just need to get that out there and make sure that that's uh well speaking of things that are not video games that make me think of video games though is john and i watched all the love death and robots episodes and and a lot of those would make awesome video yes. games that's cool i yes. haven't watched any of them yet. you should you watch should, that should it would look fantastic on your tv okay it would be a good use of your new tv all right good to know. as long as you have the 4k uh netflix i do perfect um, <laughs> who, do you, who do you think I am? Think yeah, I what what like, am I what thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell else you, you am you I going to watch? Subscribe to the the 480. <laughs> no. Um, anyways, besides that, um, I played maybe like an hour or two of Dishonored: Death of the Outsider. Is that the um, like? That's like the standalone DLC type. Thing, my Bob. Ex- yeah, it's it's its own game basically. Yeah, um, but it's considered like a standalone kind of expansion on Dishonored Two. Okay, but you play a different character. You play Billy Lurk, I think your name is. Um, she's in Dishonored Two, but you never play as her. Okay, um, it's pretty cool. Like that, that's the only Dishonored game I own on PC, and I must say it's quite nice on there. Um. It's way quicker and easier to accomplish things with the mouse and keyboard because that game has like even with mouse and keyboard it has like a weird sluggish kind of feeling to the control. Hmm. Like it's hard to explain. I mean the controls are mapped well, but it's like there's like a tad of input lag to everything you do. That's just how those games have always been. You get used to it and whatever. They're still totally worth playing. They're awesome, but um. It's easier to handle, like, using mouse and keyboard. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I think, actually, I wanted to play that because of Love, Death, and Robots, because they have one episode. I'm not going to spoil or whatever, but there's one that's, like, cyberpunky Or, okay. not cyberpunky, I'm steampunky, And that made me think of the style of Dishonored. Hmm. And that made me want to play that again. Yeah, I've tried. I've tried to start Dishonored one at least twice. And Dishonored for some reason, one is I've never hard. Been able to a lot of people bounce off that first initial level. It yeah. seems too hard to start. Um, and I, I mean, I somewhat agree. I just powered through it. Prey was kind of the same way. Um, but once you like get past a point and you actually have abilities, it's just it opens up so many like play style possibilities well and and it's so fun my uh choice paralysis that i experience also makes that kind of hard because i don't really know like what i want to invest in skill wise too like i don't it's it's the same reason like i couldn't play fallout 3 until i learned that i could get all of my skills to 100 by maxing everything um (laughs) as far as i can remember the first dishonored you can pretty much unlock everything anyways so it's yeah, not a big deal. That's true. It's just a matter of which things you want first. Yeah, that makes sense. I and the second one is mostly like that, but I think there's a couple choices that you can you have to go either or with. Okay. 
on this one i haven't really unlocked like any abilities yet so that's kind of a bummer but I, like i said i'm only like an hour or two in but i don't know i'll i'll probably play through that at some point in the near future yeah i it's it's weird because i feel like i like stealth games enough that i should love dishonored or like yeah. at least respect it but i for some reason like i think it's what you said that first level for some reason for me just um that game made me like super anxious oh yeah all the for time sure. like and it's, it, it it's was very the, frightening sometimes it was it was too. anxious to the point where I, I just didn't want to play it because of how uncomfortable it made me and it, it was an uncomfort based on the fact that like I wanted to kill everything, but I knew killing everything would cause more rats, and then I didn't want to deal with the rats, so I just like was like, I can't play this game. Clearly, it's not for me. I played through the second one non-lethal the entire way, yeah, and it was much harder that way. But did, did it, you, do you find it more rewarding though? Like in a way, yeah. I mean, I got a, a an awesome trophy on PlayStation. That's cool. Um, Probably some trophy that nobody has. Uh, you. Very few people have it, but no, people do yeah. have it. Right on. What else? You play anything else or no? Um, I think that was about it, other than us playing Rainbow Six. Yeah, we played Rainbow for the first time in a while last. This yeah, that, I was bummed I couldn't. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, you you're missed. I well, we need to give now. We, now we that had, I don't, we had have, four, so it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it would have been nice to have a fifth. Well, until Corey bailed on us, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else is new? They need to go to bed. I mean, play Destiny. <laughs> I need to go to bed, and then he's still in the chat an hour later yeah. and has booted up Destiny I 2 need again. to unwind by playing a super fast game. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's fun. What about you, Alex? I've played nothing other nothing. than the two games that we're talking I uh, I finished uh, I finished Mortal Kombat 9 on the Vita. Still a great story. Oh. I played some of that actually. Did you? Yes. Okay. And then you, I remember you telling me that easy um, is the way to go. Easy or very easy. Well, what I didn't realize is I got probably like three or four fights in, and then I looked at the difficulty level, and it was on medium, so I wasn't doing okay. that bad. And that, so that's the thing. Like I, I did originally beat that game on medium. Okay. Um, there are some fights later on where you have to fight. Uh, have you done any of the, the, the fights where you have to fight two people? No, not yet. So instead of making you play two rounds with the same person, they will give two people that can tag team. Oh, cool. And so, But you only get your one life bar while you have oh. to drain two other life bars. Those are where things got a little bit sticky that for me. That would be a bit much for me. So if and I'm pretty sure at any point you can just go kick it down to easy or very easy and you can like it's like I said, it doesn't penalize you or anything if you change your difficulty partway through the game. Um, you'll get less coins, I think, but you're not going to go through. Coins with a K? Yes. You're not <laughs> going to go through and unlock everything in the crypt anyway. So, Yeah, no. I, I would just like to play through the story, and yeah. that's probably it for, totally. for a game of that age. If I if it hooks me that much, I'll get MK11. Those coins mm-hmm. with a K are pronounced like that one corn song. Coin. <laughs> coin. Coin. Barn. Jonathan Davis. Good reference. Yeah. Um, corn with a K. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Oh no, wait, he's not dead. He's not dead. <laughs> In my mind, you he's, know, he's dead, dead, to, dead to me. me. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, I don't. I think, I think, everything else I played, I'll talk about. I'm gonna put later. that in the tags. Corn. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, why does it say corn? And you gotta and put Jonathan coin Davis in there with a K. It. It's somehow the one thing that yeah. that sparks the. 
the fandom of the Midwest game. And he's like, why are you saying Why is corn Google trending? Like, what is <laughs> <laughs> and it leads back to the game. <laughs> Jonathan Davis gets his email with his Google alert. Yeah. Why is the Midwest Game Nerds podcast Someone's talking about, talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, right. let's talk about some news. Okay. It's Brian, news time. You brought this one up. I, I posted it, or too. You, did, yeah. but you both did, yeah. yeah. You posted it. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, so Valve um, unleashed to the public, finally, the details of their new VR headset called Valve Index, which I think is a stupid name, <laughs> but it sound, it looks like a badass set, though, and it's honestly for the fidelity that it's going to offer is a pretty good price, I think. But it's definitely aimed toward people that want high-end shit, not, uh, like, entry-level VR. Uh, so one of the main things is that it's 120 hertz plus. Uh, yeah. So, you know, really high refresh rate, which is good. You need smooth refresh rates for for VR. The thing that's a little shocking to me is that it is not inside-out tracking. Inside-out tracking, from what I understand, isn't as good. It's just more convenient. Yes, but at the same time, that means that instead of just buying the four ninety nine headset and some controllers, you need to spend $1,000 to get the headset controllers yes. and base stations. But this is still cheaper than the HTC Vive Pro bundle, which is like 1500 or something. I assume by the time this is like, I know pre-orders already happened and so it's going to begin So this shipping. is not a Vive. This is no, nothing. It's, this is separate. It's from their own hardware they developed. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And yes. obviously it supports all steam vr stuff but they also said they will never like lock out any of the competitors for if they are steam vr enabled then they'll just continue to work that's never gonna have exclusives to their own hardware that's fantastic yeah um but it's still yeah it's just kind of interesting to me that they wouldn't at least yeah all of the design choices um (laughs) are just pretty awesome sounding to me for the most part except for like like you said, the, the convenience factor is not. Quite I'm really there. not feeling the dog ear headphones. Like I just don't yeah. care about those yeah. at all. What do you mean? Like I'd rather just wear some nice earbuds. Oh like, well, no. There's more to it than that. They're not actually headphones. They're, oh really? They are speakers. All right. They're near field so, speakers. Interesting. Here's here's what we got. It's 1440 by 1600 resolution per eye, which is the same as the Vive Pro. Uh, we're reading from the PC Gamer article, which is by the way. Really high. It's like 50 percent more than the average headset. <laughs> I think. So high, bro. <laughs> Uh, it's custom full RGB LCD display with 50% more subpixels than OLED. RGB? Persistence of 0.33 milliseconds, which increases sharpness during motion. It's a high field of view with custom lenses. The lens adjustment is quote-unquote done right. I don't know what that means. Uh, high geometric stability, optical canting. This is a bunch of buzzwords that mean literally they nothing. Actually what these explain- mean is that yeah. when you're using like an in-game like optic system, such as a sniper scope, it probably is pretty fucking accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they explain the lens adjustment thing further in the article. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah, and I I assume there was like was there like a Valve video or anything like that that actually uh, went no, through all the stuff. No, I don't think stuff? so. Okay. I looked for one. Um, they've got. 
Base Station 2.0 is what's coming with this. I don't understand. Where did Base Station 1.0 go, and what headset does that belong to? Base Station 1.0. It's the same base station as what's with the Vive. Oh, well, that's my understanding. Yeah, okay. But this is a second version. I think it's still compatible, right? Yes. It says the index is compatible with the 1.0 base stations, too. But the 2.0 has a higher, uh, wider FOV and a longer range, so you can kind of extend your play space a little more than you could with the first... Now I can fit into a 7x7 room instead of a 6x6 room. (laughs) The other thing about this is that the controllers that they're they're bringing out with this are the ones that were... um, They were being called the knuckle controllers, I believe. Mm -hmm. So these are the ones that are supposed to be able to, like, track your actual finger... Like yeah, they have like movements. an insane amount of sensors on them. Yeah, rather than like the way that the Oculus ones work is that it can tell where your thumb is by whether or not you're like resting on mm-hmm. the thumbstick, right? And then yeah. it, it also knows where your pointer finger is too. Yeah. But then other than that, it, it doesn't know where the rest of your fingers are. And it's not, it's it's more, um, it's just not, I think the, the index finger is a little more fidelity to it because it senses through the ring that's that's over your index finger i heard the sensors are so accurate that when you make shake weight motion it automatically pixelates your hand (laughs) yeah basically (laughs) it's like the dick detection in in (laughs) super mario maker yeah (laughs) um so yeah that joke fell flat (laughs) (laughs) yes they well they have an an interesting hopefully somebody listening will hear that and be like that was a good joke i could tell (laughs) i could tell by the shit-eating grin on your face that i was either gonna love or hate what was coming so oh you'll love or hate Uh, (laughs) it for sure um but anyway yeah so the the full set with the controllers and the uh base stations comes out to a thousand dollars which as brian said is less than the htc5 pro kit which is about 1400 with everything and it sounds like it's better in pretty much every way yeah in in most ways at least but it's cool that there's also you have the ability to buy just the headset and controllers if you already have base station the base stations you can get just the headset alone if you don't care about having the new controllers you can get just the controllers if you have like the HTC Vive and you want to use different controllers with it. And then they also have the base stations on sale separately as well. So it's uh it's cool that Valve is kinda like all about making sure that like, hey, if you want to use our stuff with other things, you can do that. I would say one of the things that I mean, there's a lot going for this headset, but I think one of the best things about it is the fact that it has I think up to like a twenty percent better field of view because i feel like field of view is one of the things that all the headsets are getting wrong yeah it's because that really it always looks like you're you have scuba goggles on or whatever yeah and that kind of can take out your it can take you out of the immersion a bit yeah if you actually pay attention to it being able to like have a peripheral vision in the game i guess like these lenses you'll be able to adjust the I think the closeness to your eye, like you can move them back and forth. Yeah. So they will be like almost right up to your eye. Interesting. And that's that's what they're talking about. Lens. And and you can change the uh, the width, or I mean the, the interpupillary distance. Yeah. It has like distance. a saline distributor to keep your eye wet <laughs> while it keeps it open perpetually. Yeah. Ew. Supposedly you can still use glasses, <laughs> but <laughs> it sends the puff I mean, out at you. That like actually, at the eye doctor. that's a really good idea. You probably shouldn't have given away. <laughs> we should be patenting that shit. Well, that's cool. Anyways, all right. 
Next up. Done making jokes about. I can't afford it, VR. though, and I probably won't have one. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm going to keep waiting and see what more people do. So NBC Universal made some copyright claims on YouTube uh, with over Beat Saber songs, which is ridiculous. Yeah, so like, so Jimmy Fallon, uh, ever since he started with The Tonight Show, has been doing a better job than anybody else of like bringing video games onto his show and like yeah. showing things off. I think Cause he, he's a gamer. Like yeah. he wants, he wants this as part of his platform. He had Reggie on to show off the Wii U, I think when it first came Ooh. out, which, you know, whatever, but also the switch and stuff Look like how that. that went. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it sounds like he had, uh, the beat saber guys on to show off beat saber and like play like they i think they were playing beat saber with celebrities is my understanding it was brie he has brie larson on okay because she was prone she's to a celebrity and an end game so the thing is that as soon as nbc universal uploads a video i'm sure it gets propagated to their like content id systems that then go and make the suggestions for what should be taken down yes but the whole point is the guys who made beat saber beat saber made it a point to unlock their content from the game because they didn't want people being hit with these like takedown notices and things like that so when nbc started uploading these videos of jimmy fallon and getting it in the system when other people started putting up their own videos of Beat Saber after that, yeah. they NBC was sending takedown notices because they now owned the copyright to the Beat Saber song through their own way of it, doing it, things. Yeah, it was, it was them because it's all automated systems. They can't have people sitting there watching all of the YouTube uploads. Why not? Yeah, happen. it's total bullshit. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that need jobs. Yeah, but they don't want to pay them for that because why do that <laughs> when you can make a computer do it for you? Right. Uh, so, point. you know, all of the automated systems in this, obviously, were going to take a hit. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like the official Beat Saber account was like, hey, this isn't necessarily something we can fix. They said, we know about this, but unfortunately, this is a mistake made by YouTube. People should dispute it and try to have it removed. Hopefully, it helps. At the moment, there's nothing we can do about it for YouTube. This is not a topic. And then uh, later, they said they had gotten in contact with the staff of The Tonight Show who were taking care of it. And then as of this writing, Beat Game Studio has said that there will not be any further claims on $100 Bills, which is the song that was in the uh, the clip. But there is no mention of the status of claims for Escape, which is a separate song. So they're continuing to work on the situation, it seems. Um, so it's all just kind of an accident, misunderstanding. Yeah. Just, I mean, you could it's claim the, it as being that, but I just want to think that NBC is a piece of shit. I, it, I think it's just strictly like as soon as, you know, they upload anything, they want to be able to find other people that are uploading it too. They don't want to cannibalize their views by having people re-upload stuff. They also don't want people uploading things that they want to like take down for any reason. So all the automated systems in place uh, make this nightmare of a future that we live in even worse. Right. Yep. When are these computers going to decide we can't do something that um, is vital to living? Uh, as soon as they start programming the automated cars as to whether or not, like, you know, when when you get to a point where your Tesla has to decide whether to hit the kid who's on a bike or hit the old lady who's driving in her car on the wrong side of the road in order to, like, figure out who lives in that situation, I think that's when Skynet <laughs> no, really said, I never really thought choice, about that. It's that choice paralysis that you get in video games. <laughs> <laughs> do we hit the kid or do we hit the old lady? So Which then one? you hit both. I mean, because you probably just hit the old lady, though. That seems like a no-brainer. But the computer has to decide. 
the computer decides to just <laughs> shut down, and then it's up to the old lady to either, to either hit I mean, you or the kid. I guess if the computer decided to make the human race extinct, it would start hitting the little kids over the old ladies. We'll see. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? Anyway, this took a dark turn. I don't like thinking this hard. <laughs> Uh, All right. Who posted this one? I don't even remember. Uh, this was me. So we talked about that fan-funded Skyrim mod that's getting like thousands of dollars via Patreon each month, and I just thought it was bullshit that they came out with a quote that says, quote, we don't owe the community anything, and they're like, we may not ever actually fully release our mod. So hopefully Is you haven't been giving them any money. the same project that was also in trouble for potentially stealing code? Yes, yes. Skyrim Together is, okay, is what yeah. it's called. Yeah, these are the guys that were supposedly stealing code. I'm reading from PCGamesN.com. Uh, a developer of a popular Skyrim multiplayer mod says that the team, quote, doesn't owe the community anything. Max Griot, however you say that, one of the mod team behind Skyrim Together, posted a comment on Reddit earlier this month suggesting that the developers have considered giving up on the project due to reaction from players. And so, yeah, I I mean, to me, yeah, $18,000 per month is what they've been getting via Patreon. I guess let's see if I click on this. Where are they still at? Have people taken this? So they're down to fifteen thousand dollars per month, but that's what they're still raking in, despite the fact that nah, fuck way more than us. Take all their money away. Take their money away and give it to us. It just honestly sounds like we we love our community. Uh, we're not gonna be like screw you guys. We don't owe you anything. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. But we're also not developing a co-op Skyrim mod, so. Yeah. No, just a second-rate podcast. So this article <laughs> this article goes on to say, despite huge popularity around the release of the Skyrim Together closed beta earlier this year, the project has since been marred by controversy. The beta ended abruptly when the team was accused of using code from the Skyrim script extender mod without permission. Yeah, I remember we went over this. Yep, the team currently claims that it's trying to remove the code, which could make up as much as 25% of the entire project from the mod before allowing any new access to the mod. Yeah, fuck so these they, dudes. Yeah, they're still... Take, take your money away from them. That clearly they don't give a shit. It sounds about like you. they hit this roadblock block where they got called out on using other code and now they don't know how to fix the issue and basically are Yeah, they're giving up because it's too wheels. much work to fix oh, the issue. You mean they couldn't just throw some of that money to the people who code they're fucking <laughs> using yeah. and clean it up? Like give me a fucking break. These guys yep. are just you know what it is? They're fucking chicken shit. That's what it is. Yep. So anyway well, fucking morons. I hope somebody else out there is trying to make a co op Skyrim. I don't. Mod let's let's just be way. done with Skyrim. What do you yeah, say? Yeah, all right. That's fine. Let's, let's just fucking end Skyrim. Let's have co-op in the next Elder Scrolls game. How about that? Yeah, you know? Sounds great. What if there were no NPCs Skyrim 76. What no. If yeah, we no. just... Let's get rid of all the NPCs in, in, in the next Elder Scrolls it's game. It's just animals? There's only animals that are giving you quests and, like, dragons or, like, elder gods or some shit. And, like, then... <laughs> Disembodied voices. Yeah, exactly. We'll speak to you from the skies. Yeah. Please go and kill 30 Draugr. <laughs> <laughs> Collect their ears and burn them in a pyre. <laughs> Appease me or I will reign. Yes. So yeah, I drink twelve bottles of wine. <laughs> Collect eighty-seven save, wheels save, of cheese. Save the corks from the <laughs> bottles of wine and bring them to me as proof. I need three thousand spoons. I'm going to need fifty heads of cabbage. <laughs> the only person that's going to finish the game is Gojo. Yes, yeah, just Gojo. <laughs> 
sit in this library and, and read then, every tone. And that's the whole thing is when he wins the game, he becomes the disembodied voice that then gives out the commands to all the other players. Oh, I actually like this game. That, that sounds, sounds awesome. That sounds great. I, it's, a, it's a Peter Molyneux project. I think. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> seems like it. <sighs> oh, anyways. So Epic Games quickly. is buying Psionics. The makers of Rocket League. They're buying Psionics. They're buying a developer now to basically say fuck Dude, you to Steam. They, they have a freaking Scrooge McDuck money vault full of money right now. So they're still, as far as I understand, like this uh, This came out like three, two, day, two, two days, days ago. Two yeah. days ago. So um, I don't think they've fully clarified what's going to happen with Rocket League on Steam. There's been a lot of theories thrown around that you will be unable to buy rocket league on steam later this year it will only be on the epics game store but then on top of that like does that mean if you own the steam copy you can no longer buy any of the cosmetics that they continue to put out for the game and therefore can't like get anything like you have to go to epic and rebuy everything you once had and then continue buying dlc i don't think so i think epic would allow you to like migrate your account it seems like something they would allow you to do is like, oh, you're attached to this Steam account. Well, now you can't play it through Steam, but you can play it here. But I think that like would require them to work with Steam, and I don't know that Valve and but Epic what is, will what ever is Steam coordinate. actually doing like for the game other than creating like you know the well it's a place for them to buy but the thing is is that the information on what purchase like their ability to validate what purchases you made psionics has access to those accounts though because it's through psionics servers too right so wouldn't they be able to tell like who's ordered what or purchased what and then be able to just gift you that in game once you migrate your account over that's possible that's possible. I don't just know. Just pull everyone off of Steam. Like that's essentially like what they should do. But yeah, there there was a what little. What do bit I more. know? I don't. I well, don't. I mean, uh, I would like it before they do that if they actually added more functionality to the Epic launcher. So they said uh, this Destructoid story has an update. So speaking to the Verge, Epic has since announced that quote we are continuing to sell Rocket League on Steam and have not announced plans to stop selling the game there. Rocket League remains available for new purchasers on Steam and long-term plans will be announced in the future, end quote. Uh, Between mods and trading Rocket Passes, there's a lot of ground to cover. Some food for thought from a resident Rocket Leaguer. This person at Donsky3 on Twitter says, Bold prediction, Epic's acquisition of Psionics leads to Rocket League eventually going free to play, but that version will only be on the Epic's game store. Interesting. That's, yeah, that's a good... That, I, I mean, think that would be a really good game for Your that new car is the shopping cart from Fortnite. <laughs> oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Just uh, saying. I mean, that's how Rocket League started, was free on PlayStation Plus, and it, it obviously that, Yeah, I mean, that launched, that launched the game, for sure, because yeah. everybody was like, this game's amazing. Yeah. Do the so. cars floss yet? <laughs> you know what? I'll buy it again on Epic if I can get a flossing car. <laughs> if it, like, turns into an Autobot. You know, I would buy that again anyways, because I don't own it on PC. I only have it on... PlayStation. I wonder Xbox. they should get some Transformers DLC. That would be up sweet. And then you could actually turn into the bot like, yeah, and play game. normal soccer. Yeah, it turns into a FIFA robots. game. Yeah. <laughs> you see, like when they announced buying them, I was hoping they would maybe just develop a sequel. 
and then they would own. Rocket, we live in uh, this Rocket weird world. Like, why like, would they? They don't need a Rocket League too. They just need to keep playing off a Rocket League. I mean, yeah, I guess somewhat, but I wish it has its own competitive scene already. Like, it's what the same it, thing? They with, like, could Rainbow, add like some more stuff. They could add like even larger games and fields and stuff. I, and that's the thing. I don't know enough about what they've been doing game mode wise. Like, I don't know if they've continued to make like because they had hockey and other types of stuff. Yeah, but it just plays point, the right? same way basically. So I don't know what they would fundamentally change. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Rocket League is one of those games where you could probably play it indefinitely and still have fun. Yeah. I'm looking for Rocket League curling. It's not like I need the... That would be awesome, actually. But (laughs) it's not like uh, graphically Rocket League needs to get somewhere else. So like that's not enough for them to make a sequel. But on top of that, if they're just like, we're going to hide a new game mode behind you purchasing Rocket League 2... I, I can't really think of a way to improve that game, so maybe they just don't have a reason to make a new higher game. fidelity graphics. I mean, no. I had I was I was uh, 8K Rocket League. So we don't have it in the news, but the uh, there's a Wildlands event out right now where you get to play with John Bernthal, essentially actor John Bernthal, and the idea is between the Sam Fisher, Michael Ironside coming in to voice Sam Fisher. And John Bernthal coming in to voice this character, there's no way that they would pay these guys a shitload of money to come and voice free DLC for Wildlands. So, like, some people are theorizing that this will lead into a second Wildlands that has Ooh. John Bernthal in it and maybe more Sam Fisher. Who knows? Ooh. But when when uh, they suggested that on Giant Bomb, at least, I was like why isn't it just more wildlands like shouldn't it be like a year four pass or whatever the hell it's supposed to be at this point like why what is wildlands 2 going to do differently from the first wildlands and i think a whole new setting we're gonna see that more and more as these games go on i mean the difference between destiny 1 and destiny 2 ultimately might seem a little bit trivial especially now that destiny 2 has gotten to like a better place but Mm -hmm. At least graphically, there was a change there because they had the whole, like, we're hamstrung by PS3 and 360 support. Mm-hmm. That was, like, a crutch for them to lean on well, to that, make a new one. Well, that and their, like, shit engine that they started with, too. That, too. So, like, I, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Games as a service is a weird thing. Pretty weird. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Next story. Uh, yeah, so Fallout 76 uh, has players turning into NPCs now by allowing them to open up their own shops. So you can basically, like, if you've got a bunch of gear that you're hoarding, you can now sell it to other players on your server. So does that mean, like, when you're logged off, you're, um, your character's standing there in a shop for you know, other I'm, people I'm, to visit, though? I'm not 100% sure about that, but it allows you to have, like, a vending machine, which okay. you, can turn in, you can basically turn your camp into a store using these vending machine things. Um, currently, like, or it's coming out, uh, what does it say, May 7th is when the patch drops. And it says, once built, players will be able to set items for sale and assign cap prices. Your location will be visible on the world map at that point, and everyone will be able to see how many items you have for sale. Guests will be able to purchase what you're selling, and the value will be added to your inventory immediately after Bethesda takes a 10% fee. Oh, what? That's dumb. Yeah, I don't understand why there's a fee on why fake, they, yeah. fake money. Because I think you can actually purchase currency too in the game you I can't don't buy caps know. though it's atoms right like atoms is the paid currency yeah, but you so. might be able to use atoms to buy caps i don't really know hmm. um <clears throat> yeah there's also some balance tweaks and things coming but ultimately what what this uh 
I got excited about this because this is they're making the game what I wanted it to be, where like you as the players, as the game progresses and the world becomes discovered, you are the NPCs that are inhabiting the world now. Yeah. Which I think is really cool and adds a different level of role playing element to this game, which is something that everybody was all butthurt about in the beginning. It was like, Oh, there's no NPCs, we can't talk to anybody, the story doesn't make any sense. I mean calling well, no, that didn't make any sense. Players NPCs kinda that's not right though. <laughs> Because literally no, because non-player character, right? But so that's the thing. Like the point being, is they're that encouraging the players, more player interaction. They're, yes, they're, yes. The players are becoming what would have been NPCs essentially, and you have this role-playing aspect added to this game that wasn't quite there to begin. Interactive with. PCs, players becoming vendors and things like that. I think it's interesting. It's cool to me that maybe you would be able to like, all right, I'm gonna go and farm stim packs well, and put a, them in my vending so machine. So this this is the sort of thing where like I remember hearing about people playing Skyrim in the sense that they were a shopkeeper sitting and, there chopping wood and like, and they doing, would they would literally role-play the shit out of skyrim by themselves like just you know like one guy was like yeah i'd go out and i would collect these herbs and then i would go and sell them in the market and that yeah. was my job like players do that so now you've got a fallout game doing that what a sad existence <laughs> for you yeah but there are some people that enjoy that kind of shit man. i get up every day at 8 a.m i log on <laughs> and i harvest flowers till 4 p.m and then i clock out <laughs> 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 and I go and I eat my Hungry Man freezer dinner. <laughs> and I throw away my seven bottles, seven two liters of Mountain Dew. And then I try watch, to go back to bed. Watch my stories. <laughs> right. Anyway. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If that's how you want to live your life, go for it. But there's more to it than that. Anyways, I think this is cool. I'm glad that Bethesda hasn't given up on this game. I we do need to go back and play it some more. I think it'd be great now that like Brian has it, Ricky has it, you have it, Alex. Yeah, right? I forgot I had yeah, it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like looking through my games the other day. I was like, what is? Oh yeah, I have, I have this it. game. Alan has it. Like we have people who can play it, so we maybe should consider playing it now that it's like kind of back. Like in some playable format, I guess I don't know. It, it was never not playable. It just the PC elitist in me makes it, when I play that game, I feel like it's barely playable on PlayStation. But well, then buy it on PC and get abused by all the people that are using Hacks. frame rate tricks to move faster than you. Yeah, <laughs> that's so ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. anyway, yeah, moving along. All right, is there any other news we should cover? There's a bunch of like labor. Uh, I was going to say the Sonic trailer dropped. Oh, yeah. And Detective Pikachu opens next week. So yep. we want to do a crossover episode with the film nerds. Yes. Yes. We will We will be looking yes. into doing that. It should be fun. This is our on air challenge to the film nerds. All right. I step accept. up. I, th- I threw it. <laughs> I threw it in the network chat chat to be like, "Hey, is anybody interested in doing this?" And Tim was the only one who responded. Yeah, yeah. So, so may- we'll have maybe we'll have Tim along. I'd, we'll I'd love to have Tim on. I mean, it, it, Willie and Nick and everybody. Like, it'd be great to get the whole crew together and sit down. Wait, and do when it, does so. it come out? Detective Peach- Pikachu's out on the tenth. Sonic, I think, oh. is out like later this year. I don't remember. Well, I yeah, there's a, there's then. enough time between them, but I just it'd be really great to uh, to sit down and talk those those over with these yeah, guys. So. I think it'd be fun in this new age of great video game movies that Maybe. actually make sense. Who knows? I mean, people people thinks I think I think Sonic looks like 
uh, it should be a bad movie, and it probably will be, but there's a chance that I'll love it just because it's dumb anyway. I'm 100% it's, down to see Sonic. Even the thing is, like, it, Sonic, I don't think is going to be that bad. I think the only issue everybody had on the internet was the visual uh, aesthetic of Sonic himself. Like, other than that, everybody was like, this movie might actually be okay because Jim Carrey's going to save it. Like, and, and that might be the case, but also, like, I feel like hanging your hat on Jim Carrey in 2019... There's a little sketch. Like, this, I, dude, I don't this know. This is a role he would like in the trailer. When you watch him, you're like, this is a role this man was made for because this is the kind of shit he did with like the mask and Ace Ventura. Yes. And, yes. Like, this is who he is. It will be good needs... to see him go back to yes, that. And, instead and... of fucking eternal sunshine, sadness, nonsense and 21 and all oh, those that was other... so good, though. Was it 21 or 23? 27? I don't know. The number 20. Yeah. The twenty-something movie that he was in. Twenty-three, I think it's twenty. I think it's twenty-three. Just no more cable guy, please. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. uh, yeah, And Detective Pikachu looks like it could honestly be. It's going to be the movie of the summer, but I don't know. Endgame's pretty good. It should make a lot of money. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Endgame sucked dick. So no, it was great. (laughs) Um, On top of that, uh, yeah, things continue to be terrible in the games industry. Epic Games. Uh, had a bunch of people talking about how horrible it is working there on Fortnite. Uh, there were some people that talked about working at NetherRealm on previous Mortal Kombat games, and that was also not good. Uh, Riot Games, uh, there was a employee walkout that was staged earlier this week because they were taking a bunch of cases and moving them into private arbitration rather than allowing them to proceed as lawsuits in the court of law. And employees were upset about that. That... Of all the stories I've heard, their environment sounds like the most toxic. Yeah, I, I mean, they all sound horrible, but that sounds particularly bad. Like it's oh, not... uh, the other ones, I mean, a lot of them sound like they're more like a product of just poor product, way... poor project management. And well, just not... the way that um, the the expectations of the consumer and the expectations of shareholders and all this shit is they this, ha- we haven't found making the right game production like near impossible without crunch time. Yeah. But yeah, this is the issue with having these large studios that do, you know, the, they have these, these large scope games and releases that they want to put out and thing you know, it, you see this happen with these larger companies. Whereas like yeah. you look at a company like CD project red, who has a pretty small team, if I'm not mistaken, or Hello no, Games. No, they're not small. <laughs> they're not. Well, maybe not small anymore, but they started pretty small. They're and, not, yeah. and they're not publicly traded. Right, and Hello Games is kind of the same way. Like these, these companies are like smaller teams, and they seem to not have these issues. But they take a lot longer to produce their games, which is fine because uh, essentially you're going to end up with a game that's better quality. I think if you allow the developer time to actually like work out all the kinks and shit. See, Cyberpunk 2077 is it that 2077? Right. Yeah. And, that game's going to yes, be amazing when it thing. comes out in If and when it comes out, yeah. But they're going to take forever to do it, and that's fine because I know CD Projekt Red is going to do great, and they're going to allow their employees like the time to like you know deal with this uh, this sort of systemic issue that they have. Like, maybe, maybe not. Like we don't necessarily know. I think, especially for something like Hello Games, like if it is really a small team like that, you can see it being like the oh man, this is our passion. We want this done right. We're going to sit there. They're going to. They're going to work on it as long as they want to right. and whatever, and it comes down to like, hey, this is our product. We're going to put it out. We get paid, that type of thing. But the idea, like one of the things about 
uh, that came out about another realm was similar to what happened with uh, Grand Theft Auto and, and Red Dead at the same time was like the idea that like you are expected to be there on the weekends and working because the housers are coming in or higher ups are coming in and if they don't see you there working then they won't think you're dedicated and then they will fire you if you don't come in this weekend like that type of shit. Which is ultimately just a horrible culture to work in. Oh, yeah, should be sure. expected of anybody. Like, you know, there's there's a world where, like, I think even Nintendo's commented on the fact, at least Reggie's talked about the fact that, like, hey, when we go to crunch time, crunch time means we are staffing up with a bunch of contract workers. It's not that we are making people stick around. Well, I guess over. some of those companies, too, like Epic, whatever, they use current contract workers, too, and there was, like, issues with them getting let go when they wouldn't, like... Um, abide to whatever they wanted them to do i don't know and that that might be the case too like i'm sure coming in as a contractor on a project that's in its final weeks of release like it it sounds like a nightmare in the first place it sounds like kind of a nightmare being a contract worker yeah zero job security absolutely it is in general but i mean your your responsibilities as a contract worker should be spelled out much yeah, cleaner should be, yeah. and in a manner in which it makes more sense that you are working 24-7. They have to spell that out in your contract, yeah. whereas, like, if you're a regular salaried worker, like, you, you know, I think salary workers can only, they can work up to, like, 50 hours a week before any even, like, idea of overtime should be considered or something along those lines. Like, there is a legality to that. Yeah. Depends, yeah. There's, but, I mean, as far as i understand i mean i don't i'm not an expert on this stuff but i feel like there's such a move toward using contract workers because they don't really have any rights compared to your well, average you're worker not, you're not paying benefits yeah exactly there's none of that like there's no that extra expense to so, it i mean it's a dangerous uh but then you're also getting to a point we're on. where it's like you know do you have anybody they're, they're, at your company that has the know-how and the knowledge to like shepherd and also share yeah. with these people that are that haven't been there for years, like that type of thing? So overall, things sound bad. It doesn't mean you shouldn't buy these video games or support the people that are making them because obviously that would only make things worse. But I think you know we're getting to a point where you know we're still waiting for them to be able to unionize right yeah, the, i think once the that, writers guild of america exists for people who are writing movies and tv you've got you know the directors guild you've got the screen actors guild there's voice actors guilds there should be guilds for people that are making video games and yeah, guilds for, for people sure. that are at special effects houses making movies who also get shit on like this too mm-hmm. so, there was a really good episode of um I don't remember if it was stuff you should know or one of those other like knowledgeable podcasts that they talked about the special effects industry and tax incentives Yeah, and how the tax incentives actually like fucked the industry like Mm -hmm. pretty hardcore. So uh, I don't, I'll have to see if I can track that down, maybe throw it in the show notes, but uh, that pertains to video games too. These same companies are working on video games as well as movies. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all the volatility of just how everything works and where it's profitable to have a studio and where, you know, all of that type of shit just people there there's wealthy powerful people moving chess pieces without caring about what it's doing to the smaller people on the other end of that move and yep. it sucks and there should be a seat at the table for all of those people to have that a are voice. doing the actual work yeah for sure all right let's talk about mortal Kombat real quick okay uh mortal Kombat 11 um i'm not gonna spoil too much i'm not really gonna spoil anything the I'm mostly going to talk about the story here because that's what I played. What do you do played. in the game? <laughs> you fight. 
fight. You fight. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about what they've changed fighting-wise. Uh, you guys might have seen like the x-ray moves that they used to have you do. You pull both triggers, and then you see this sweet x-ray move. You have yeah. to fill up a meter in order to get to that. Yeah, the Romeo must die moves. They've kind of moved away <laughs> from that now in that you are given a fatal blow when your life is less than 20% of your health bar. So you can go ahead, pull the triggers, do a shitload of damage to your opponent, and try to even the life bars back up. But also that opens up, there are still, there's an attack bar and a defensive bar that you can apply to your special moves to like lengthen them and make them more powerful, do more damage, that type of thing. And that's really cool because I never would do any of those moves because I wanted to save up for the x-ray. So this game actually made me want to enhance my moves with those bars in order to like make my combat more flashy and do more damage with just standard special moves. My favorite move in any Mortal Kombat game ever is in this game, and it's this awesome like whip move that Scorpion does with his um his spear. Yeah. He has his spear on a chain and there's just this it's the most beautifully animated move that's ever been in any Mortal Kombat game, and you can lengthen the amount of it by using that special bar. And he just does this awesome, it looks like a dance with him, like, twirling his whip around and doing damage. It's an interpretive dance. It's so awesome. It's really, really, really cool. Do you understand emotionally where Scorpion's coming from now? Of course, yeah. It made me cry the first time I saw I'm just kidding, it didn't. It's his interpretive dance to that corn song called Dead Bodies Everywhere. (laughs) Oh, Dead Bodies Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Uh, so yeah, it's twice now. Two corn references in this episode. <laughs> Aren't they on the soundtrack for the original movie? Probably. Pro- I assume so. But anyway, uh, so the fighting in this one feels even better than ten did, and ten felt like a step back from nine for me. I feel like nine was great, ten was okay, and eleven is back to being great again. I I liked how cool ten looked and stuff, and it was kind of fun, but. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. Like when I play nine, it feels a little like snappier for some reason to yeah. me and it just makes more sense. It feels a little bit more responsive or something. I don't know what they tweaked in that response, but I think 11 is back to where nine was and I think improves on it a bit too. Mm. The character design and stuff in this one, I think is a lot cooler than 10 as well. For some reason, 10 just feels like this weird, um, I don't know. The fidelity with the characters in Eleven looks crazy good. Like they, a lot of them look like real people, and it's probably on par or better than like their Injustice game. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think yeah, and I it, it for some reason Ten wasn't like I booted Ten back up just to like look and 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 play with some of the characters and things, and none of the ninjas look as cool as they do mm-hmm. in in this one. So I'm glad that, um, you know. They they got there with it. What are you laughing at? I I'm looking on the screen and it looks like Batman's chest is glowing off of my microphone. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, sorry. That's good. <clears throat> so I'll speak about the story real. Co- or no, let's go through the towers. They do some challenge towers that change every week. Uh, they're fine. I know there's complaints about like the rewards that you get from them. They should be higher. And how I challenging agree with are that. they? Uh, they have some that are easier. They go from easy all the way up to like hard or very hard, I think. And the hard ones are very difficult. Like I have trouble oh, with good. those. Yeah. How tall do they get? I'm not sure. I think it can vary. 
I only got through like the tutorial ones and there were only ever like four high on that, but I'm pretty sure it goes up to like 10, 15, that type. Cool. Um, 99. The crypt in this one's really cool. It's like an additional game. It's a third person like action game where you're going to find key items that let you get to different parts of Shang Tsung's Island from the first game. The first in this trilogy anyway. And you're like opening chests along the way with the coins and, and other currencies that It'd you be get. It'd funny if you were actually like cracking rib cages to open chests. Well, you say that, but once you find Scorpion's spear in that game, one of the currencies is beating hearts. And you get oh, these hearts yes. by performing fatalities and brutalities Dude. in the game. But once you get Sweet. the spear, you'll see these these bodies that are hanging. You can use the spear to pull them down and rip the corpses in half to get a heart out of them. Dead bodies everywhere? Yes, there are dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> yes! <sighs> dead Jesus bodies Christ. everywhere. All right. Uh, and then, so the story for this I game. I really hope Corey listens to this episode. <laughs> I, he might. We'll see. Probably not. Maybe like five years from now. But anyway. Dude, guys, that one episode so good. <laughs> All right, and then the story for Mortal Kombat 11 follows directly off of 10, um, but basically there's a person beyond the Elder Gods who controls time, and she's unhappy with how Raiden's time travel bullshit has affected the time stream. So she's trying to correct it, and she basically brings in a bunch of people from Mortal Kombat 2 era to come and interact with their part, their their you know, beings from the current timeline, which is like 20, 30 years in the future. So you get things like old Johnny Cage looking at young Johnny Cage and realizing how much of a fucking dumbass he is, and it's great. You he see, is a huge douche yep. in fucking MK9. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's really funny, though. You get young Sonya coming in and learning that she had a child with Johnny Cage and being like, what the fuck? How did that happen? And that interaction is fantastic. So how is that going to affect the timeline? You'll have to play the game and find out. I finished the story. It's fantastic. They do some really interesting stuff with all the characters. You get to see... Um, uh, you just get to see them all play off of each other in very interesting ways because they get to like play with their like their past selves are there for them to like examine and the 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 future selves are there for the young ones to kind of be like how do I even get there and like things like that. So Isn't meta. there different endings for different characters or something weird? That's or... only in like the classic mode. Oh. So if you go and beat the game, like they'll do they'll do like the ladder where it's like you can play, you know, you can do a hard hard ladder mode that just takes you through all of the characters in the game uh, and you have to beat them all and once you finally beat the final boss in that way you'll get your character exclusive ending which i think is usually just like a text crawl or something like that is typically how these ones have worked hmm. but um no the the ending on this one i think there's a little bit of weirdness with it but i don't really want to spoil it so anyway mortal kombat 11 is really good i think it is uh i'd still think nine is the best then 11 and then 10 is good but about one and two and i don't care about those ones anymore because mortal kombat 9 does it better those (laughs) i mean they're pretty bad mortal kombat 9 does it better honestly mk3 ultimate was the best one so is that when they introduced the robots? That's when they had like a million different characters. Mortal Kombat yeah. 3 introduced Cyrax, Cyrax and Sector and also Robot Smoke. What about Noob? Noob, Noob Sabot was, was in Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah. Or no. No, he wasn't. 
He was in, yeah, he was in Mortal Kombat was, 2 as a secret see, character. Oh, okay. You had to win like 50 matches with flawless victories or some Ew, bullshit. That's why I never had him. that character. Yeah. Hmm. But and the the cool thing about Mortal Kombat 9 that you're playing is that they have those characters too. Oh, nice. Like you can fight the classic version of Noob Cybot if you f- meet the same conditions as what you had to do in like the original Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah, I'm never going to do that. Yeah. It's it's hard, but it's fun to look up those ones on YouTube and watch how those fights go. Right on. It's really good. People should play it if they like Mortal Kombat. Cool. Let's talk Days Gone. Days Gone is a third-person zombie apocalypse survival game that takes place in Oregon. In an open world. In a semi... It's pretty open world. Oregon? Yeah. In an organ? Which one? Oregon. Like the liver or stomach? The state, Oregon. Oh, okay. Oregon. If I'm from the Midwest, Oregon. That sounds like that stupid dragon movie. Aragon. Aragon. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, Days Gone is a game that pretty much nobody really cared for. Still by, doesn't really care for. Made by Ben Studio, who previously worked on the Uncharted for Vita and um, some other first-party Sony stuff. Um. Yeah. So John's taken up its cause, and he likes it. I I dig it. Uh, I I got I actually took notes on things. Uh, I wanted to be a little bit better about my game reviewing. Um, I really love the use of the controller gimmicks in this game. Uh, specifically, the touchpad is used for navigating the menus, which is sweet. Yeah, it's it's like the second Whoa. time that anybody's ever used the touchpad. Yeah, like you actually That's like like extra in, points for using. You don't the touchpad, have to like. In my mind. There's no like inventory button. Like you literally swipe left on the on the touchpad, and it brings up your inventory screen. And you swipe right, and it goes to the map. And you swipe up, and it goes to the story progression. You swipe down, and it takes you to you uh, your skills. Like swipe left or right when you're on the Tinder app in the game too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Tinder zombies. Um, so I think that's really cool that they're actually using that. Uh, I'm also a huge fan of the fact that they use the speaker on the PlayStation 4 controller for listening to audio logs. So when you're in the game and you're picking up an audio log somewhere, it plays the audio through the controller, which is really cool. Um, if you're using headphones, it doesn't do that, obviously, because you play with fucking headphones in. Um, vibration is used for using your Hunter Vision, which is basically like Lara, Lara Croft's like uh, Tomb Raider Vision that she uses where you can find like different elements that are glowing that you need to follow or whatever. And the vibration is used to kind of, when you're facing the right direction, the vibration intensifies. So it's kind of cool that they're like, yeah, they're kind of like using all these things that the controllers used for, you know, and that might be something they learned from using the Vita because the Vita had touch controls on the back of the the device and things like that, which is kind of cool. Um, let me see what else, uh, the weapon navigation, I think, is a little bit clunky and slow for a game that kind of requires efficiency and speed when you're attacking, but it does have a, a time slowdown mechanic. So, like, when you actually bring up the weapon switching menu by holding R1, uh, it then brings up a rotary menu, which you use the, the right joystick for choosing whatever you want to do, or left joystick, right? Yeah. No, I think it's the right one. Right one. Yeah. Um, so you choose which item you want to, you know, which gun you want to switch to or which if you want to switch to a melee weapon. But if you have more than one melee weapon, which you usually do, you have a buck knife that you carry with you all the time. And then you also have an additional melee weapon that you can pick up and carry with an you. An axe or a two by four. Axe, two by four. Baseball I found, bat. Yeah, I found basically a baseball bat with a with lawnmower blades attached to it that mm-hmm. has been the best fucking melee weapon. And I finally broke it. And mm-hmm. I didn't mean to break it because you can keep repairing it <laughs> to use it constantly. Um, but that, that mechanism of like slowing down time to choose a weapon is just too slow. I feel like it needs to speed up a little bit. Um, 
just in the actual menu of switching weapons like that's that's the only thing i think is clunky like i want to be able to switch weapons faster and like you can still you can flip through your um your guns by using triangle like any other game nowadays like you hit the triangle button and it swaps your weapon yep um which is cool you can buy you can buy and find silencers for your guns they do have a durability to them as you use them that durability goes down you can't repair the silencers you just have to find a new one in order to get it um or buy so, one or buy one um the stealth mechanics are pretty unrealistic but and but they're very re- forgiving which is kind of cool um enemy like you, you'll be hiding in bushes and like you can clearly see your character in oh, these yeah. bushes <laughs> yeah but nobody else can fucking see your character the character's name is deacon saint john right yep yeah um so that's it's deke yeah deke um it doesn't um i'm i hate stealth games because i'm terrible at them like i'm very clumsy and this one is very forgiving in that like i'm not seen all the time and once you unlock the skill that makes it so you're basically silent when you're crouched, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Nobody can hear you. You can sneak up on anything. Um, it, but I still manage to fuck up the stealth every once in a while because I'm so clumsy at it. Well, the interesting thing is, like, even if you mess up the stealth with, like, a group of zombies that are around, you can do... The game tries to be good about giving you places to crawl up and like get away from them yeah as long you have to break their line of sight and then once you break their line of sight and you you're able to hide then they can't find you like they'll hop up buildings that you can get on top of but they also they will not go up like tall ladders is what i noticed right so like if there's a water tower nearby you can climb up and get away from like a horde of zombies if you mess up your stealth and pull a bunch of attention um the sound effects are pretty great like the guns all sound amazing uh the thunder on the start screen yeah is like all of the rain insane and like the production of the sound is incredible Mm -hmm. um the voice acting i think is mediocre it's like they really they couldn't afford patrick warburton or something like that like yes let's get back to that but real quick uh uh most of the voice acting in mortal kombat is really great except they got uh Ronda Rousey to do Sony Cage, and it's real bad. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. But yes, no. It's this dude is doing like a poor man's Patrick Waterburton, Warburton, Warburton, <laughs> and like is that the guy that actually does like you know, the, the, his name the is Patrick or Water, Waterburton or? is like the current one in the game is Patrick Waterburton. <laughs> He's a broke ass Patrick Warburton. <laughs> Am I getting it confused? Say that again. Is he the guy that was like the the tick? The tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He day. was the tick, and he plays Joe Swanson on uh, on Family Guy. The guy, the paraplegic, uh, yeah. yeah. But he, I, when he's talking normally, it sounds very natural and doesn't sound weird. It's when he's like yelling and he like does that <laughs> thing, yeah. See, that like a better he, job. he sounds like Pat, like he's trying to be Patrick Warburton, and it's just like, dude, like don't, like no. And the a lot of the internal monologue or muttering that he does to himself to me felt so forced and stupid. Like I, yeah. I, I kind of. Part of the reason I only played a couple hours of this game is that I couldn't get into any of the characters. Yeah, like, I, I don't need, like, for instance, I, I'm at a point now where I found this girl and I sent her to a camp. And the camp is basically like a slave labor camp almost. And mm-hmm. so... Oh, what a swell guy. So I didn't mean to send her there. I was just trying to keep her safe or whatever. I thought she'd be protected, yada, yada. She runs away. I have to go find her again. When I find her... um she gets captured by these this other like these rippers as they call them 
uh, the Rippers are like a set of humans that are not quite fully turned to yeah. the zombie, but they're still cognizant. And mm. I don't understand. It's like it they're completely. they're kind of like zealots to the yeah. zombies' cause too. It's weird. It's like a weird religious. Yeah. So she gets the shit kicked out of her by rippers and like, I'm like hunting her down in a ripper camp. And as I'm doing it, like I'm killing these rippers and he keeps talking to himself doing it. I could have, <laughs> I could have done without all of that dialogue. Yeah, like it was totally, totally unnecessary and it happens constantly throughout the game. <laughs> and I get it. Like they're using it as like a means to kind of push more of your, like your uh, relationships with these characters specifically, but I don't need it. It's totally unnecessary. Are you um, playing like a main character that has mental issues or something? Or I mean, just like talking to him. Wouldn't you have some mental issues after the zombie apocalypse? Yeah, probably. Like, I mean, that would fuck up anybody. Well, I and also like, there's but, like radio broadcasts that he reacts to. to yeah, as well. well so, and the radio broadcasts themselves, I like wanted to skip immediately. And like, but all if you that. listen to them, they're a collectible. I don't know if and you that's knew that. fine, like, but but that's the thing is like he yeah the radio broadcast comes on and it's one of the other camp leaders talking over the broadcast and. You know, Deke just responds like, oh, God damn it, Cooper, blah, 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 blah. And like just goes yeah. off on this tirade while he's like riding his motorcycle through the Oregon countryside. It just and it doesn't quite work for me. And yeah, I, it, it's totally unnecessary. Yeah. It doesn't need it, to be and there. It, it, it even tells you like if you hold down the, the touchpad, it says optional optional dialogue or something. Yeah, and you, you can, can hold down can to skip it. it if you want. Um but yeah, so the voice acting is like mediocre. Um, there are others. I've run into a few sound glitches where like all of the background noise is basically gone, and so I can't hear zombies or Day's anything. Days gone, sound the, gone. The only thing that I get is like you know Deke talking to himself or like mm. reloading a weapon or like the sounds that I get. All of the nature sounds around me disappear. That's so I've weird. had to restart a few times with that. Um, the surround sound isn't perfect, so I've been having issues with proximity and things like that. Um, but graphically, like the game is, it's fucking looks amazing. It's a very pretty game. It yeah. even looks great on my 1080p TV that I have, which I need to upgrade. To. <laughs> it's but yeah, it, it looks, it looks great. It's, it's a beautiful game. Uh, one of the details I really liked is when it starts pouring rain, you can see reflections in all the puddles, which is really cool. And on top of that, like as you're riding your motorcycle, the way the mud kicks up on the back tire. It little, also, little things like that are just like crazy. You also see an indicator on the mini map of like how much sound you're making, and when you're like, you can make more sound when it's raining too, because you have the cover of rain to like yep. allow you to to be a little bit less stealthy in how you're trying to sneak up on somebody. Yeah, and uh, I mean, one of my biggest gripes is just the mission progression. The mission progression system in general is a little bit overwhelming. Uh, I made notes here. The, the game separates your interactions with people in different event types, like ambushing camps and eradicating infestations and nests, into like different storylines or like uh, percentages. And uh, as you as you unlock different milestones of percentages, like you unlock different collectibles and weapons and things. Uh, the only issue I have with this system is that I'm never I'm never quite sure what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. Like yeah. I don't know. What path am I supposed to be on? Like, what is the actual story mission at this point? Like, and for someone who's trying to like bang out as much of the story as possible before I have to sit here and like talk to you guys about it, like that's really frustrating for me to like not know like where am I supposed to be in order to reach the end of the story? Like, yeah, they'll give you like two or three main storylines that you'll have like things to do in each of them, but they might also have side missions in them too, and sometimes they cross over with each other as well, which I think is really interesting and ambitious but i think their implementation of it with like little to no explanation of how it works well and i've also run into kind of poor 
I've run into instances where I literally have done everything I can do and it's like a time lock almost where like I just have to wait to get the radio call from Boozer to go do this one thing. Oh, or that's weird. I have to wait to get the radio call from Tucker to go and like rescue somebody else or whatever. And it doesn't happen quite fast enough. And I don't know if that's meant to get you to like go out and explore the do world stuff, yeah. or like what, but I mean, find it's, other side missions. There's like question marks that'll pop up on the map too. Yeah, that like are random like encounters and things like that, where like you'll you'll ride by a car that's being like beat to shit by a bunch of the freakers. They're not called zombies; they're called freakers. Mm-hmm. And inside that car is a human who needs to be rescued. And you can actually like, if you rescue these humans, you can send them to camps to get your reputation at different camps to go up, which gets you unlocks different tiers of like items and things that you can purchase. Brian's turning into a freaker as we talk. Yeah, I think he's falling asleep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this so in in general about this game, I don't know if there's more you want to add to anything I said or if I covered it. I know I played a lot more than you did. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I kind of bounced off of this game, and I, I just want to say I don't think – there's nothing in it specifically that I think is bad other than maybe some of the writing. But I think if you're into, like, zombies and, and, and like, The Walking Dead and Sons of Anarchy are two things that I could not care less about. So it's not surprising to me that I don't really <laughs> care about this game. That's basically what this is, right? Yeah, but I don't... A mix of them. I don't think it's like... I can't say whether or not it's a poor version of either of those things. It's not poorly executed. It's poorly organized, sort of. Like, the game is fun to play. Like, I'm finding myself enjoying playing it. I didn't have that much fun playing it, but that's also me not loving open world games either. I'm also... I'm not like, like, this is the greatest game in the world. It's not. If anything, like, I'm going to steal a line from Kotaku Split Screen, and and Jason Schreier had said that this is the most AAA-ass game he's ever played. And it literally is like it is. It has tropes from like every AAA game that's come out in the past seven years. You've got your crafting. You've got your looting. You've got you've got you know. camps. You have to ambush. Like it literally has like aspects of all of these great games that have come out over the past seven years, and it's all kind of roped into one. And it does it. And it and, and I mean, I'll give them this. Like the biker thing, haven't seen that. That's kind of new. Yeah, like, it's unique for like video games at least. Uh, Zomb- the zombies thing, freakers, like they're faster zombies, which is cool. So it's not like, I am in. What's crazy with the zombies too is like I've run into instances like, okay, in the in the trailers and like the gameplay previews they show, they show instances of where you're able to unlock a gate and then like force a mob of zombies through to through a, a camp to take over a camp ambush. I have never once run into anything remotely close to being able to do that. And that's not saying I can't yet. Maybe it's something that comes down the line. Like I can somehow gather, like like basically herd a, a herd of zombies. You find like, a big horde, yeah. Yeah, I've run into hordes, and they are fucking massive, and they are fucking terrifying. And the and they literally like just move through a whole area as a swarm of zombies, and it's it scares the shit out of you because so they because you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And then you just realize you have to wait and hide and wait for them to go off in whatever direction they're going. Well, I was gonna say like, are they slow enough that you can you can pull their attention on your bike and guide them to a camp that way it's entirely possible your bike okay. does attract them so it, it, right. like, it is possible for you to do that your bike is faster than the were, zombies they're kind of fast though aren't they they're quick yeah they're faster than your average zombie they're faster than the ones in dying light they're faster than the ones in like resident evil um but they are not faster than your bike your bike is always going to be faster than the zombies but and the you thing can upgrade is, your bike too and but you can also run out of gas for your bike yeah as well. i f- i find that 
kind of funny. I've heard the bike runs out of gas pretty it, quickly. It doesn't seem it's a very motorcycle. It doesn't seem extremely realistic. But then again, like what is distance in video games anyway? Yeah, that's like kind how of do you problem. calculate that kind of shit? And like yeah. how do you calculate a system such as gas like consumption in a game? I mean, like I that? guess from a gameplay perspective, if they want that as a mechanic, they can't have it be realistic. Exactly. You, you play well, through the whole game on one tank. It's like and that's in, the thing is like there is gas everywhere in the game. Like yeah. there are there are like fucking gas jugs. There you can run up to an old gas station and fill up at the pump. You have your own private pump in your base camp area. Like I don't think those pumps work without electricity. Shh, just let it suspend the disbelief, man. Um but anyways, it's uh yeah, it's not the greatest game I've ever played, but it's intriguing enough that I keep playing it and it, it, i don't know like i just i want to know i want to know what happens in the story because i actually do kind of like the story um uh, because i'm a sucker for like you know the whole basis of what happens in the game is you get separated from your wife at some point and you're trying to figure out where the hell she went is is what it boils down to in the most like bare bones aspect of it yeah it's like you you it's 730 days gone or whatever by the yeah. time you start playing so i think the idea is that it's been like 2 years since you last saw your wife Right, so you're just trying to figure out where the hell she went, and it's uh, I want to know what happens in that because I have that stupid sucker for a romantic like type <laughs> sort of vibe. Like I like that kind of shit, so I want to know like what happens there. But it's not, uh, it's definitely not the greatest game ever. It's just it it is a game, you know what yeah. I mean? And the guys on split screen even said like. Uh, Kirk Hamilton was like, I don't really want to play this anymore, but it made me want to go back and play Hitman 2 all the way through. And like, <laughs> Jason Schreier had to move on to play a different game, and he was like, I'm glad I played Days Gone, but I don't see myself going back to it past yeah. this point. Like, so I don't know. Like, I it, definitely wait till it goes on sale. I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, if you're in, if you're looking for an open world game. Maybe play either of the Assassin's Creed games that came out in the past couple of years first, but then also like because yeah, I don't even think the scope of this open world is as big as those. Yeah, like I, I think the main issue here is that there are better open world games that are out right now for you to go play. Yeah, but if you really, really want one that's kind of like Sons of Anarchy and The Walking Dead, then this one might hit those notes for you. And I and I. I think there's room there to be mined. I think there's probably a better game that's trying to do this that could be out there at some point in the future. But once again, you're combining three things that I could not be more milk toast about. And I don't want to like, it's just not my thing. So I think yeah. there are people out there that will appreciate this game much more than I do. I but... definitely don't think it deserves the hate that it's been getting. And it's, no. it ha it's been getting like, a decent amount of hate. I'm not going to say it, it's like uh, Fallout 76 level by any means, no. but it it doesn't it doesn't deserve the negative press that it's getting because they th it is it is still enjoyable to play and it's beautiful and it works it works it works really yeah. well. Whereas a lot of games that come out now don't necessarily work. I'm, so I'm I'd be curious if you do continue playing it. I want to know how you feel about where the story ends up in the end. Like, I, I to actually, me, well, that's the thing is I kind of want to finish the story. Like and, I want to, the, the one thing for me is like, if it feels like a story that's worth playing through, then that'll be another thing. But I also feel as though I've heard from some people at least that they didn't really quite feel that resolution. But I also don't know that, you know, I don't know. I don't know the details of it all. Yeah. And I know that it's 
I think it takes more than 40 hours to get to the end of the game is my understanding, but I don't know. I want to say I'm I'm probably like 15 to 20 hours into it. Okay. Like in the game. That's how much I've probably played the game because I played it like Alan came and visited last weekend. We went and picked it up and I played it uh, Saturday evening for most of the evening before we ended up going out. And then I played it most of Sunday and then I've been playing it every night this week minus the night we played Rainbow. So I've got it. I feel like I have a decent amount of it completed, but yeah, it's just uh wait wait for it to go on sale if it, it's a sony first party game technically so it probably will at some point yeah i think so i they they do a good job of discounting stuff but, but it's it's not terrible don't let the internet tell you it's terrible because it's not if it's something you looked at and thought you might be interested in i think it's worth a try yeah it's very much it's like it's a good mix of like state of decay and you know sons of anarchy and Dead Rising, because Dead Rising had more swarms, I feel like. kind of crafting-ish mm-hmm. stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's pretty... I think the crafting, you should... That, I guess that's one thing I don't like about the crafting, is I feel like I should be able to craft more weapons, or I should be able to pick up more things, or, like, traverse more environments. Like, I feel like, for being an open-world game, I still feel kind of restricted in certain aspects. Like... There's no reason why they're like I shouldn't be able to climb certain rock formations that look like I should be able to climb them. Like and and I'm, I'm yeah, the like, invisible walls that they put up. Yeah, he's a biker, to, not a mountain climber. He's pretty fit, dude. Okay, <laughs> but I should be able. Like I mean, they're you know, for instance, like one of the first crafting recipes you learn is how to put nails through a baseball bat. Like why the fuck wouldn't you know how to do that to begin with? Like why is that a skill I have? <laughs> is to Is that find? a recipe yeah. you have? Yeah, to find? you have to like unlock it by doing <laughs> shit in the game. So. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, the the one thing I do understand is, like, you learn how to make these. So you get a crossbow, and you learn how to make what they call residue bolts. And the residue bolt is a bolt that you dip in the freaker, uh, like, remains, and you shoot it at someone, and it makes them freak out and attack their own kind. So, like, you can turn enemies against themselves using this. I understand having to learn how to craft that. Like, that makes sense. But learning how to, like you know, turn a lawnmower blade into a fucking melee weapon. Like I should know that, Oh, I, I need a lawnmower Disconnect, blade. Disconnect. Use. Like, mm-hmm. you know, things like, things like that. Like, it, I just feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect there that I would really like to. Dead Rising did a good job of being really inventive yeah. with how you're yeah. connecting things together. Like, Oh, I'm going to take this, uh, these two chainsaws and put them on the end of a, on ends of hockey sticks and like things like that, like that and stuff. That shit was so fun. Makes <laughs> a little bit more sense of like, oh, I'm being really creative here, but like the yeah, idea that, that like I'm gonna spike a bat or I'm gonna put like a bunch of nails in a grenade in this lunchbox and make like an IED like that. Uh, it, yeah, like Dead Rising was meant to be more of a comedic game. This yeah. one is definitely more serious mm-hmm. and is intended to be such. So I mean, like we're, we're just saying, like the recipes made more sense in that game though in a way yeah, like but that, I'm just that saying, they like, would actually have to be recipes they like, require I wouldn't come more up with creativity than than yeah. you know making like, a i mean i'm just saying sword. like it would be interesting to like to have if if they took a game like this that's open world and like meant to be more of like a survival like in, in a survival game like everything should be a weapon almost like i should be able to if i walk into a house and all of a sudden, a zombie comes down the stairs. Like, why can't I just grab a chair you, you and should be swing playing a chair at a zombie? You know what I mean? Like, 
like why isn't more of the environment interactive yeah. i guess i and, guess they didn't want to rip that game off too much because like, that that's literally what it is like you can pick up like anything in dead rising and it's a weapon right in but HDTV, that's what i'm saying is like in in survival games in general like i should be able to use everything at my disposal like i should be able to go up to the gas pump that i use to pump my bike full of fuel and if there's zombies running at me like pop a lighter and like use it as a blowtorch i don't like, i haven't played enough state of decay but i'm assuming there's that more flexibility in that game too and the thing the weird thing about days gone is that like a lot of the stuff that you're looting falls into like the category of like oh this is a rag these are bandages i've got kerosene like they kind of they funnel down into like the okay this is scrap this is health item and then these are like a few other little crafting things and stuff like that so it feels like ultimately like the loot that you pick up a lot of the times I noticed like I was getting to places and I couldn't pick up anything because I was already full of all the scrap that I could get or all the kerosene that I could have at any one time. And I didn't really feel any need to like use that craft stuff. that stuff right. because I was just like either meleeing zombies once at a time or like stealth killing them or, you know, shooting the other humans that you run into and not like using all of that some of the best of my abilities. So I don't think they did a good job of like showing you the variety that there could be in the game and like making well, it that's the question is to... there variety in the yeah. game we don't really know and like the progression system kind of hinders you in unlocking all of that shit and using it like it should be the sort of thing where like you look at the similar to say like resident evil like you pick up two different plant types and you can combine them into like one set of like you know health potion or whatever like why can't I pick up like a roll of duct tape and like a lawnmower blade and figure like, oh, if I wrap the lawnmower blade at a, with a handle of duct tape, I can use it as a melee weapon. Yeah. Like why there should be some like that should be in most of these survival games, like some sense of discovery of like taking two elements like that to make a new item sort yeah. of thing. Like if you're going to have crafting, like li- like let me use my imagination too to some extent, which the game probably doesn't have the ability to do that because of the scope of everything else going on. I mean, like I said, those zombie mobs, when you run into a swarm is it's crazy how many there are on screen. It's kind of nuts, but yeah, I think that like, I think the granularity of creativity there is something that like often gets missed in like an open world game. But I also feel like this is us nitpicking too. Like that's what I'm saying is like, I don't, I don't have a lot of large gripes with this game. It's like little things that kind of just stack. And so, well, and there's nothing in this game other than maybe the motorcycle that like sets it apart. Right. There's nothing that makes me like we talk about dead rising. We're like, Hey, the crafting is really creative here. That's, that's great. You talk about dying light and how much you love the missions that you're going on and things that you have to do. And like the differences of the day and night cycle, which this game has a little bit of, but yeah. it's not really emphasized that much, but you can like go to other zombie games and other survival games and other open world games and like point at these things that they do really well and this game just kind of does everything competently. Right. And that's fine. I think there's a place for that game in this world. But also it's not one that I'm going to get that excited about. Yeah, I so. will say about the motorcycle aspect, there I have been in a few chases like where I'm chasing someone and trying to stop them. Uh, the way they handle that is is really well done in terms of the ease of use. Like you hit L1 to like lock on to an enemy and you can toggle multiple enemies by tapping L1 repeatedly to find the one you want to aim for. 
Um, but you just have to ride close enough to them that you you can lock on, and then once you lock on, you tap R1 and it fires your gun. Them, yeah. uh, it's very simple system, but for someone who gets frustrated with those sorts of systems in games typically, like specifically Grand Theft Auto, driving and shooting. You're just giving yeah. me flashbacks to Full Throttle, and I fucking hated that part of the game. <laughs> that game's great, by the way, but I'm like, I hated the action sequence where you're fighting like bike to bike. Yeah, but this so that's the thing is like this is a very simplistic system for fighting on a motorcycle and it works really well for, for what yeah, you have to do. For something that could have been really frustrating, it's pretty And it's pretty, pretty rad simple. when you when like cuz I I just did a whole chase scene where I was being I was chasing one guy down and he had other guys coming up and flanking me. Uh, and they would ride past me to catch up to him, and because they weren't like the boss, quote unquote. Once I blew out their back tire, I mean, there's a big explosion, explode, and, and, yeah. the, and the bike flips, and like they're you know the physics systems are all pretty cool. So it, it's 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 well done. I, yeah, you, you definitely say it said it best, Alex. That it, it does a lot of these things competently, which is probably the best way to put it. So. Yeah. If I like, to me. Yeah, it sounds like a game if if the like themes of it or whatever appeal to you and you were looking for an open world game, it doesn't sound like a bad game to play to me, but I mean just personally I'm not looking for this kind of thing. Yeah, right I, I now. think exactly. everybody's kind of like open world fatigued at this point. Yeah. Like we there's every game that came out over the past few years has been open world and so we're kind of all just like fuck, like another one like I'm, Yeah, and like I'm not completely fatigued by zombie stuff like Alex is, but I only really want to play a zombie game if it's exactly what I'm looking for right now. I'm, I mean, which is I'm, what Resident Evil. 2. I want you know another Left for Dead, <laughs> or I want uh, Dying Light Two. Well, there's a World War Z like, game or that just came Undead out. Nightmare Two. Those are the kind of things I want. Okay. I, I don't want anything new right now. <laughs> Got it. I want stuff I'm already invested in. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I want, Stop it with I this want new zombies stuff. I a, want sequels. I want zombies in specific Remasters. worlds <laughs> that I already am invested in or um, gameplay types that I am invested in. That, that's really all I'm looking for. Gotcha. Well, and, and like what I'll say, I'm candidate number one for open world fatigue, but like. I played through all of Spider-Man because I really gave a shit about that story, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm not there with this game and there's nothing like, I didn't find anything particularly fun about the stealth and the combat and the fighting and all that stuff that like would really pull me along. So Spider-Man too, honestly, like the, the, the way you traverse through the game is so much fun too, that too. and different yeah. that it doesn't feel like your average open world game. I'm not worrying about running out of web cartridges in yeah. Spider-Man too, well, which or is great. running your horse into a fucking rock and yeah. flipping over and dying. It's funny you say that because like Megan came upstairs while I was playing Days Gone and she was like, "Oh, the cowboy game," and I'm like, "No, no <laughs> not at all." Like this is whole, and she's like, "Oh, she's like, oh, that's not a horse," and I'm like, "No, it's a motorcycle." <laughs> like she was kind of like she because it looks a lot like Red Dead, like yeah. the aesthetic, the foresty, the, yeah, yeah. You get these foresty areas, you get these like deserty areas. Areas with like plateaus and mountains, third person and yada, perspective, yada. Like, and yeah, yeah. mini map in the corner, whatever. Like it, it again, it's it's the most triple A ass game that yeah. exists. Like so, anyways, I think we're done with Days Gone. Yeah. Um, final verdict: Wait for it to go on sale. Yeah, wait for it to go on sale and or, or only, rent it. Don't only only get if it get it if it's something that you think you're going to like. It's yeah. not. There's there's nothing 
crazy new for it to pull off and have you be into it. Yep. Cool. Cool. Yeah. If you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K and Gojo for their contributions. You too, can, can when you contribute $5 or more, can join our Discord where we can have conversations about cool things. The Discord is pretty active, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's a lot of... Uh, Jason K and uh, uh, Bruce K. Bruce K is in there all the time, and we've got all the other hosts are in there. Like Nick has been pretty active in there lately too, which is cool. Yep. Um. So yeah, if uh, I haven't seen Tommy in a minute, he's been missing. So Tommy, if you're out there, let us know you're alive. Play, come play some siege with us. Um. But yeah, and as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail dot com, and don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Again, we are Twitch affiliates. You can give us your free Prime subscription that you get from Amazon Prime every month. Uh, it costs you nothing. You subscribe, we get free money. You get more awesome content from us by allowing us to do this more often. So there's not a whole lot coming out in May. Next thing that's big coming out is Rage Two, which yeah. I know comes Brian, out next week. I uh, do want weeks? to pick that up. I will be on vacation when two it comes weeks. out. So I'm, May 14th. I'll probably, I probably won't get a chance to play it too much before we record next, but I do hope to pick it up. Word. So, yeah. Yeah, well, and I, we could I, theoretically, yeah, I don't know when this uh, these Game Nerds, Film Nerds crossovers are going to happen, but, uh, you know, there may or may not be some Detective Pikachu talk. Right on. At some point. So... So yeah, thanks for listening everybody and we will see you next time. Peace.